A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're good today. I hope you're having a good day, whatever you're up to. I am talking all about the causes of anxiety. And yeah, discussing quite a big range of different things that can contribute to anxiety and a bit of the science behind it and making some suggestions for things that you can do if some of these factors are contributing to you experiencing anxiety. I want to let you know I've got some free resources for you if you are struggling with anxiety, which I presume you probably are if you're listening to this episode. On my website, karmau.com, you can find a worksheet for high-functioning anxiety and loads of blogs, all the other podcasts. I've got lots of different free resources there, hypnotherapy recordings that you can access. So I want to invite you to join me on my website at karmau.com and yeah, you can get more and more support there. So this is the last podcast that's going to be coming out for a little while. I'm actually taking December off of the podcast. I found in the past that not as many people listen to podcasts in December. Maybe people are busy I don't know, going to work Christmas parties or something. And because I'm on maternity leave, I thought it'd be a good excuse to give myself a break as well. And the podcast will be returning as far as I know. I don't know. I kind of don't know. I feel like I'm going into the unknown having a baby. I don't know how I'm going to feel or how the baby's going to sleep. But I am expecting that I will be back with the podcast in January 2023. So please do join me there. But if you haven't listened back to some of the previous episodes, there are over 200 episodes of this podcast on every type of anxiety and with some amazing guests. So please do have a look through and listen to the back catalogue if you haven't already. So I'm going to talk about the causes of anxiety. And when, when we talk about anxiety, I think it's important to firstly say that it's quite a broad term. It can be the everyday anxieties that everyone will experience, every human experiences fear, worry, uncertainty, nervousness. These are really normal human emotions. And then there's a spectrum. And along that spectrum, we can see, you know, more disordered anxiety, whereby feelings of nervousness and worry and panic and that sort of thing affect us every day. They stop us from doing the things that we want to in our lives. They are prolonged. And so a lot of these things that I'm going to discuss today 
could be factors that contribute to any type of anxiety, really. But I'll let you use your discretion to recognise which ones of these are really most pertinent to you. And there can be quite superficial causes of anxiety, things that are actually quite easy to change. And there can be more deeply rooted things and actually some things that we can't necessarily control. And so I'll talk about those as well. However, the majority of these things I'm going to discuss today are things that we can do something about. Not saying it's necessarily easy to do all these things, but a lot of the things can be simple changes or it might be a prolonged journey that we're on. I'm going to talk a little bit about trauma and how that can impact anxiety. And obviously that can be more of a journey rather than something that's like a quick fix and we kind of have one trauma therapy session and suddenly we're cured. So some of these are kind of quick fixes and some of these are, are longer term projects. I don't know if projects is the right word, but journeys. It's kind of a bit cringe the word journey, but yeah, a longer term journey that we might be on. So I have heard a lot of people say to me that it seems as though their anxiety came out of nowhere or they can't find any reason for it. However, very often, you know, through conversations that I've had with clients, once we start talking, once we start looking into their past, looking into their lifestyle, it's usually possible to find some factors which have increased their anxiety or are a cause. And actually, I think often there is a reason but we're maybe not attuned to it. We don't know what those causes might be. We haven't had therapy and explored, you know, our past and had that opportunity to kind of figure out what's really causing that anxiety. So the first one I'm going to talk about is kind of biological causes of anxiety. And actually, this amounts to probably quite a small amount. Now, this might not be the sole cause of anxiety. It might be one factor amongst many, for example, but there are certain health issues which can contribute to anxiety. One that is something I hear fairly frequently, hypothyroidism. So if you have blood tests from your doctor, this is something that they may test for. If you go and see a nutritional therapist and you're working on anxiety with them, they may ask you to get some blood tests to get your thyroid tested because this can be a cause. Other things like diabetes and asthma can also be contributing factors to anxiety. Another one that I'm hearing more and more, and I think this is in part due to the fact that we're having more awareness of it, and people like Davina McCall had her menopause documentary on fairly recently, but more and more people are realising that being in perimenopause or menopause or having other types of hormone issues, for example, if you have PMS or PMDD, premenstrual dysphoria disorder, then these things can really affect us in terms of our mental health and our anxiety levels. You know, hormones are so, they have such an important role in how we feel. And if your hormones are dropping off because you're going through the menopause or they are out of balance because you struggle with PMS, then it could be really worth looking into getting some help or support for this, whether that is speaking to your doctor, having blood tests, if it's available to you, going and speaking to a naturopath or a nutritionist or 
a coach that may be able to support you through this. And I think a lot of people are surprised to learn that perimenopause can actually start quite early. So from the age of 38, some people will be experiencing some symptoms of perimenopause. And menopause actually only refers to one day. It's the day that you uh, never have a period again. And perimenopause can be a period of many, many years whereby you are experiencing this shift in your hormone levels. So if you think that there could be a biological cause, then definitely do look into that. The other thing to talk about is the genetic aspect that is involved. And according to researchers, I found a study in the National Library of Medicine that found that anxiety was 23% down to genetic factors. So those inherited genetic issues and factors that we get from our parents that unfortunately we can't really change. However, it's certainly not the only cause. It's having a a fairly small response. And just because you have a parent with anxiety doesn't mean that you will necessarily have anxiety or that you're destined to always be anxious because a large proportion of our anxiety is actually down to things like our life experiences and our lifestyle factors and how we're able to take care of ourselves and life events. And so genetics plays a role, but please don't feel downhearted if you can really see in your family that there's a strong, you know, lineage of anxiety running through. And don't think that that is evidence that you're always going to feel this way because there's still lots and lots you can do. So another factor that can really play a role in our anxiety is sleep. And I know it is not that simple because when we don't sleep well, we're more likely to feel anxious. But then when we're experiencing anxiety, it can impact our sleep. Obviously not for everyone, but for some people. Being tired puts us in fight or flight response. There's something to our human nervous system that feels dangerous about being tired because we're perhaps less alert and less able to think clearly. And so we pump out more adrenaline and cortisol to try to counteract that, which of course makes you feel more anxious and it makes it harder to sleep. Maybe you have a newborn baby at home or maybe you're working shifts and this can disrupt your sleep cycle, which can lead to feelings of anxiety. The other thing that happens is that, yeah, being anxious we're pumping out a lot of adrenaline, we're kind of getting our bodies to use up a lot of energy being in fight or flight a lot of the time, which in turn makes us more tired. So there's a real kind of vicious cycle happening when it comes to sleep and anxiety. And I'm always a bit cautious to give advice about sleep because I know, I remember remember working with a client years ago who told me about his frustration that He was struggling with insomnia and people would give him all this well-meaning advice like, have you tried, you know, using blackout curtains or using an eye mask? And for someone who has experienced quite severe insomnia for a long period of time, it's, it's likely that you have tried so many things and people give you advice and yeah, and it can be very frustrating to do that. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you loads of advice. I'm just gonna say you know, your sleep is so important to your anxiety levels and doing what you can to prioritise sleep, you know, could have a really positive impact on feeling calmer. So just want to remind you, I know you know this already, to prioritise sleep. Most people need seven to nine hours. I'm definitely on the nine hour 
scale, nearer to nine hours. That's when I feel my best. I've no idea how my sleep's going to be with the baby. (laughs) I'm sure it's going to be challenging. I think talking to a lot of new mums, that's one of the most challenging parts of it. Well, the advice I've heard is just to have this attitude of really prioritising sleep as much as possible, even when the temptation there can be to want to get things done, to tidy, to work, to be out and about, having a social life, when actually we need to prioritise that sleep. So just saying this as a reminder to you, probably need this reminder myself right now as well. Work factors can also play a massive role when it comes to anxiety. I I've done quite a few surveys and things of my audience and people that follow me on Instagram. And this has come up as one of the biggest causes of anxiety, work stress that contributes to anxiety. So it's not necessarily that your work is causing anxiety, although it could be depending on what you've been going through, but it can exacerbate anxiety that may be already there. So whether that is your workload being insurmountable, whether that is pressure, deadlines, whether it's difficult relationships with colleagues or your manager, maybe you're facing redundancy or your workplace is going through some kind of restructuring and yeah, that's stressful. Or maybe you're in a new job and you feel like you need to prove yourself and over deliver in order to gain approval. Now I've done a previous episode on the podcast all about how to manage work stress I did one a couple of weeks ago all about work-life balance, so do check that out if you want more tips and advice about workplace anxiety and how that can play a role. So the next three things I'm going to talk about are dietary factors which can play a role. And the first thing to talk about is coffee, caffeine, and people hate me when I mention this because no one wants to have their coffee taken away from them, do they? We love our coffee. However, I really encourage you to consider whether your caffeine intake could be creating anxiety for you. A little while ago when I was living in Bali, Bali is full of amazing coffee shops and delicious iced coffees. And I, after years of not having caffeine really, or coffee, because I found that it just made me a bit jittery and and more like to feel stressed, I cut it out for years and years and then started drinking it again in Bali, drinking these delicious iced coffees. So, so good, which I massively enjoyed and really look forward to every day. And then I found myself starting to feel a bit anxious. We were traveling every day on a scooter to get around like everyone does. And I was just noticing I was kind of gripping onto Aiden on the scooter, like not really enjoying being on the scooter and had to reflect and think, hang on a sec, you know, why am I feeling kind of anxious about this? I cut out the coffee and my scooter anxiety like disappeared <laughs> overnight. So sometimes it can creep up on us and we don't even realise it's happening because it was probably like a couple of months where this was happening and I didn't really draw this conclusion. So inviting you just to consider whether coffee could be playing a role in your anxiety levels. And one amazing tip that I heard from a nutritionist who does amazing things on Instagram on Instagram, she is Charlotte Fior Green Nutrition. Fior, I hope I'm saying that right, but it's spelled F-A-U-R-E. So Charlotte Fior Green Nutrition, and she helps people with anxiety and sleep, basically as a nutritionist. But the advice that she gave me was to eat your breakfast first and then drink your coffee because 
the food in your tummy is going to slow the absorption of the caffeine and it's going to be a much gentler caffeine boost than if you were going to have your coffee first thing on an empty stomach. So I thought that was an amazing piece of advice from her. If you're not ready to give up your morning coffee just yet. I remember years ago working with a client who like slipped into the conversation that she drank about seven cups of coffee a day and hadn't really drawn that conclusion that perhaps the coffee was making her more anxious. And so, yeah, perhaps some of you really need to hear this and haven't drawn the conclusions a bit like I didn't in Bali. Or if you're not ready to get your coffee, think about having the breakfast first and then have your caffeine hit afterwards. This episode is sponsored by the Hypnotherapy Collection. So you might have heard me talk about how I first discovered hypnotherapy about 12 years ago now and how it was the one thing that could cut through my anxiety and low self-esteem and actually create a shift. For you, you might have read the self-help books, been to the workshops, had the therapy, but nothing seems to stick. Or you try out that new meditation, routine or mindset technique and it seems to work for a bit, but you soon find yourself frustrated and back at square one. If change feels hard, I want you to know that it's not your fault. When you realise that 95% of your thoughts, feelings and habits come from your unconscious programming, it all starts to make sense. So if you're struggling with things like never feeling good enough, being unable to switch off, relax and enjoy the moment, if you struggle with setting boundaries, with burnout or with your confidence, I have just the thing for you. Enter the Hypnotherapy Collection. Hypnotherapy allows us to address things at that deep, unconscious level so that we can make shifts. And by the way, if you haven't tried hypnotherapy before, it's basically one of the most relaxing things you can do, kind of like a massage or a holiday for your brain, where you lie down in your bed or your sofa, close your eyes and let the hypnotherapy do the work for you. What could be better than that? In the hypnotherapy collection, you'll get 12 of my most powerful hypnotherapy sessions that help you with things like letting go of the things that you want to let go of, increasing your self-love and self-worth, sleeping better and more deeply, boosting your energy and motivation, feeling more positive, healing shame, and healing the inner child, plus loads more. And you also get some bonuses. I popped in there for bonus affirmation recordings to help you to change your self-talk, feel more positive, improve your confidence and reduce your anxiety. These recordings are the perfect thing to listen to after work, to switch off from the day, before bed to help you to sleep better, first thing in the morning to set yourself up for the day or if you wake up in the night they're a brilliant thing to listen to then as well. When you download them you get to keep them forever and return to them whenever you need to. So you can head over to my website karma hyphen you.com forward slash collection to grab them now and start feeling better from the first listen and use the code podcast at checkout to save 20%. That's podcast all in capital letters to save 20%. Head over to karma hyphen you.com forward slash collection. The next kind of dietary thing is alcohol. So yes, unfortunately, all, all of our favorite things can make us more anxious. And I'm not saying that you need to go teetotal, but consider whether your alcohol intake could be a cause of anxiety for you or contributing or making anxiety worse. So many of us have experienced how alcohol can have quite a calming effect in the very short term. 
Maybe you drink wine at the end of the day to help yourself to unwind or at the weekends. And yes, it does a very good job in the short term. However, we need to consider whether in the longer term this is really serving us because after the effects wear off, anxiety symptoms will come back full force, if not worse than before. And part of that is because alcohol is a depressant and it affects your brain's levels of hormones, chemicals like serotonin and dopamine. And so although you might feel an initial boost on the night that you're drinking, the next day you're going to be deficient in these same chemicals, which can potentially lead you to feeling anxious or down or even depressed. If you've drunk quite a bit, you might find that you feel more tired the next day, you have trouble concentrating or sleeping, maybe you've got a headache, maybe you've got stomach issues, and all of these things, you know, not, not so great. When we don't feel great physically, it can impact our anxiety levels. Another way that this can impact us is the impact of alcohol on GABA, which is a neurochemical. And GABA helps us to feel relaxed and calm. And actually, small amounts of alcohol can stimulate GABA, but heavy drinking can deplete GABA and could increase our levels of anxiety or even panic in the days that follow. Not to mention any shame, guilt or embarrassment you might be experiencing if you really overdo it and maybe behave or say things that you might regret or might beat yourself up about afterwards. So I'm not going to give you a lecture about alcohol, uh, but yeah, treat it as an experiment within yourself. See what happens if you cut down or cut it out. You know, it's worth giving it a try because I think we're all different and we all respond to things in different ways. And it might be that you're very sensitive to alcohol and maybe you didn't realise or you're somebody that it doesn't really make much of a difference for you and you can get away with having some drinks. So yeah, just an invitation to experiment and see how that could really impact you and your anxiety. The last kind of dietary thing I'm going to mention is sugar. And again, I'm a bit reluctant to talk about this because I know there might be people listening who struggle with disordered eating or, you know, I don't want to, yeah, say that you have to cut things out. I've never said anything like that, but it can be interesting how much sugar can impact our mental health. For me personally, I do notice that sugar impacts my level of mental health and even things like my confidence, my mood. And that's not to say that I never have sugar. I might have something, you know, once or twice a week or something or birthday cake on someone's birthday. But generally, I try not to have it because I've just found through my own experimentation with my own body that I feel better when I don't have it. There's a few reasons why sugar could impact us. Firstly, to do with our blood sugar levels. So when you eat sugar, it raises your blood sugar levels very rapidly, but what goes up must come down. And those blood sugar levels can drop very quickly afterwards, which could leave us feeling jittery, sometimes a little bit panicky if you're sensitive to sugar in this way. And so, yeah, you may find that you feel really good straight after eating sugar, but feel a bit rubbish afterwards, maybe more tired as well. And so it's often advised when it comes to sugar that we should eat our sugar after a meal or If we're going to have something like refined carbohydrates, white bread, white pasta, white rice, that sort of thing, to have it alongside some protein 
to slow the absorption of the sugar into our bloodstream so that there's less of that spike and then rapid drop off so it's more balanced and we can feel more balanced and even as a result. The other thing that might be at play is inflammation. Now you've heard me talk a lot about inflammation on this podcast before and how inflammation can affect our mental health. Inflammation in our bodies is something that can be useful short term if we have a cut that needs to heal. We don't want our bodies to be in an inflamed state on the long term because that can be damaging. And so potentially eating a lot of sugar in your diet could cause you to be more inflamed and then could potentially contribute to mental health issues. So yeah, consider whether this could be something that applies to you. So the next one, and this is a big one, is trauma or past events. And there are different types of trauma. It's it's another term that's used very broadly, but I've heard it talked about in terms of big T trauma and little t trauma. So big T trauma are these big traumatic life events, things like being involved in a war, in an accident, experiencing abuse, maybe sexual abuse of some kind. And trauma can result not only from the experience itself, but how we interpret that experience and how we are affected by that experience. Little t traumas are those smaller life experiences. It might be things like getting bullied at school or getting shouted at by a parent or moving house a lot when you were growing up or going through a breakup. These more everyday type of traumatic events that, you know, may be very, very common and most people will have experienced them. However, they've left an imprint on you. They've left some kind of mark and the impact of that event has stayed with you and contributed to some anxiety. Now, trauma can occur from directly experiencing a traumatic event. It can be witnessing an event, maybe in person or even on the TV, a traumatic event happening as it occurs to others. It could be learning about something traumatic that happened to a a close family member or a friend, or it could be just hearing the details of a traumatic event that happened to somebody else. There's something called vicarious trauma, which we can experience just hearing people's stories of traumatic experiences. And even that can really have an impact on us that can be a lasting impact. So if you've experienced trauma of some kind, that can increase your chances of experiencing anxiety, whether that's generalised anxiety, panic attacks, or something like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So if you have experienced trauma, whether it's something, you know, a big T trauma or a little T trauma, it's really important to get some help from a therapist who specialises in treating trauma. Things you might look into include EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy, which can be helpful. You might want to look into things like CBT. You may want to speak to your doctor and even look into somatic types of therapy. So somatic refers to the body. So things like breath work, TRE, trauma release exercises, various types of body work can be, you know, different approaches to tackle trauma. Perhaps your anxiety is caused by big life events. Now they may be really lovely things like having a baby or planning a wedding or moving house or you know those quite distressing life events like getting divorced or experiencing grief or loss. And yeah just know that it is quite normal to experience anxiety during these big life events and changes. It might be that 
your stress levels are much higher. There's a lot more to do. There's a lot of things to organize, a lot of things to think about. It may be that it has rocked your sense of security and safety or that there's a lot of uncertainty. And this can really put us into an anxious state when the future seems uncertain. Maybe you've had a big shift in your identity, such as after losing your job or having a baby. And this can really rock, again, our sense of safety and security. So if you're experiencing a big life event and it's triggering anxiety for you, please do get some help with this to go through the transition. You know, whether you're able to hire a therapist or a coach or read self-help books, listen to podcasts, something to help you to feel supported as you're going through that change and to feel like you're not on your own because these sorts of things, even nice life events can, you know, trigger anxiety in us or make anxiety worse if we have pre-existing anxiety. So hopefully this has given you some ideas on where anxiety can come from. I know this is such a big topic and I've just kind of skimmed over these massive issues really, but I just wanted to voice some of these things and hopefully give you some practical ideas and things that may help if you are experiencing anxiety and looking to get to the root of it and figure out what's going on. I often think a lot of anxiety is very subconscious. We don't make a conscious decision to worry or to have a lot of adrenaline running through our bodies and it can really make sense to address it at the subconscious level and that's what I do in my work as a hypnotherapist so if you're interested in exploring hypnotherapy for anxiety I'm currently on maternity leave so not taking on clients however I do have tons of recordings on my website which you can access if you head over to karmau.com you will be able to check out what I have to offer and give it a try so I'm just wishing you all the best on your journey with this I hope you feel loads better soon sending you lots of love and I hope you have a great week ahead you have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Brotheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmayou.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one sessions. Please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.